You're listening to the Box Office Party. Welcome to the Box Office Party, your weekly source of cinema's newest releases, box office estimates, trivia, and a whole lot of hijinks. My name is the Box Office Geek. I'm hammy. I thought you said hygiene. I was like, yeah, we are pretty clean here. <laughs> I'm Angel Cake. And there is a new champ at the box office. But first, before we talk any of that, Hammy's going to tell us what's going on in the movie world. Hammy. Yeah, and this week's news. First off, Black Panther is back to filming. Uh, Winston Duke got a huge pay raise, apparently. So he's uh, figured to be a much bigger part of the movie this go around. And Letitia Wright is back on. There were some rumors that she might not be. So it's back. It's filming. I still don't think it's going to be out this year, but what do you guys think the the movie's kind of going to focus on now without Chadwick there? I thought I heard somewhere that Shuri was going to be taking over the mantle of the Black Panther now. So I think she's going to be the focus and learning how to become the new Black Panther. And I think giving Winston Duke more money and more screen time is the best thing you can do. I mean, he was fantastic in Us. Everything he's in, I love. And he was in Nine Days, which story of a very underrated film. Many people haven't heard of it, but it's really, really good, really, really heartfelt, and he is amazing in it. So, um, yeah, get that money, and uh, I, I, I can't wait to see Black Panther. Uh, I, so when in in Batman comics, at one point Batman died, and there was a whole story arc about which Robin was going to become the new Batman. It was called Battle for the Cowl. And it eventually went to Dick Grayson. He was Batman for a while. And what was fun about that is, like, Two-Face was like, you're not Batman. He's like, of course I am. I'm Batman. He's like, you smile way too much to be Batman because Dick Grayson loves being a superhero. So I'm actually kind of hoping it's like a battle for the claws thing. The suit. I hope that's like, I hope a lot of it is saying I should be the Black Panther. No, I should be the Black Panther. I, I hope that's a big part of it. That could be fun. I did like Winston Duke in Black Panther. He was one of my more favorite parts of that. Him and Andy Serkis, but I don't think Andy Serkis is going to be uh, Black Panther, so I think I think we have to go with Winston Duke there. All right, next up, Brian Cox hates Johnny Depp, at least doesn't really like him very much. According to an interview, uh, Brian Cox was talking about how he turned down a role in Pirates of the Caribbean, because, partially because he just didn't think he was big enough, but partially because he didn't want to work with Johnny Depp because he thought he was overrated and uh, overplayed or overdone, I think is what he said. He also said that he thinks that Brendan Gleeson should be the new Jack Sparrow in the new Pirates movies. Uh, seems a little old to me, but who would you guys pick to be the new Jack Sparrow? Because apparently they still want to make movies and Johnny Depp is out. I love Brendan Gleeson. I think that'd be a fun spin of, like, he's age, he's the age pirate, and but, like, he could still, like, kick some butt. That'd be actually pretty fun. you could do flashbacks with uh, Dom, though. I'm in. Isn't there another, isn't there a third I think Gleeson? there is. Is there another? Jackie. Or am I just thinking of... <laughs> no, I don't... Or am I just I, thinking of the Weasleys? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> you know what? I So I know Brian Cox also turned down Robert Baranthian in, in Game of Thrones because like, uh, they just didn't offer him enough money. That makes sense. Like, it also, and Brian Cox, if you haven't watched Succession, it's incredible. You need to watch Succession. Therefore, I'm going to go with Succession. Not Jeremy Strong, but Kieran Culkin would be a whole lot of fun as Jack Sparrow because he'd be so like, <laughs> I guess I'm a pirate now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. I don't know if he would work as a pirate, but I I might watch it anyway. Um, so I didn't even read this article. I just kind of got the headline from it, and 
Brian Cox sounds like he he's like all over the place. I I won't lie. If he turned down like Game of Thrones and now Pirates of the Caribbean, like good thing he picked up Secession. Like he could have had another just like missed opportunity there. Um, I don't know who Brandon Gleason is. Uh, I'm going to throw my my vote for Scarlett Johansson since she has not. She doesn't have. She's not in the MCU anymore. Let's bring her back. Get some uh, a decent paycheck because she was the breadwinner in her relationship. And let's have a female pirate that's not Kira Knightley. Let's support that. Brendan Gleeson is. Uh, he well, he was. They're both in Braveheart. Brendan Gleeson was William Wallace's like best friend. Hamish. He's in. Um, yeah. In Bruges, he's in. He's mm-hmm. a he's a big guy, like uh, Irish guy, red hair. Oh, he was the king in Macbeth. Yes, he was. You just saw that. And I. I- I want to catapult off what Drew just said. If we're going to go with like a female head pirate, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think she'd be awesome. I'm a big fan of hers. And she's British already, so she doesn't have to do the... Exactly. And she's got two last names. It's like twice the power. Mm -hmm. Good call. All right. Next up, this kind of surprised me. It just doesn't seem to fit. There's going to be a Weird Al biopic, and Daniel Radcliffe is playing him. Uh, I know, Geek, Geek, you love Daniel Radcliffe. Do you think that's a good choice? Uh, do you think it's a little mismatch there? What do you think? I'm one of those people. I'm okay if the actor doesn't straight up look like the person they're playing. I'm okay with that if they give a good performance in the spirit of that person, like uh, like Eggsy in Rocket Man. Didn't necessarily look too much like Elton John, but I thought he did a great job. Daniel Radcliffe is a great actor. But they passed on Kieran Culkin to play Weird Al Yankovic again. <laughs> Man, I this took me out of left field hearing Daniel Radcliffe is going to be Weird Al. I mean, I grew up loving Weird Al's, all of his music. I bought so many CDs when I went to Barnes & Noble when they used to sell CDs in that giant CD place where they had, it was like uh, marked off with the the, the shoplifter things oh, yeah. in the middle of it. And that took me, like, that... First of all, seeing a store that's like divided like that kind of threw me off. But I always went in there. You could sample the songs. I used to listen to it all in Best Buy. Um, this is weird, but as long as he's gonna learn the um, the accordion and put on a weird wig and put on a on a polka shirt, guess what? He can be BP nominated because Rami Malek won for just putting big <laughs> fake teeth in his mouth and talking with a British accent. So you get yours, Daniel Radcliffe. He will win one someday. Geeks alluded to this before that you know, Daniel Radcliffe has so much money, he really takes on projects that he wants to do. So I'm feeling that he really wants to do this, so I'm, I'm sure he'll put his heart into it. And I like Weird Al, too. Like, he seems like a good guy. It, it is a little weird because Weird Al's kind of, like, tall and lanky, and, and Daniel Radcliffe's so small and British. But, hey, you never know. <laughs> uh, what up? This is a weird one, too. Okay, so Kendrick Lamar, who's one of the best rappers alive, is teaming up with <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. To make a comedy, I almost like, okay, let me just read, here's the gist of it. It says, quote, it's a comedy about a black guy who finds out his white girlfriend's ancestors owned his. And I know South Park likes to, like, walk the line and straddle the line. <laughs> is that is that a safe movie to make, <laughs> even them? Well, first of all, love Kendrick Lamar. Love uh, the two guys that do South Park. I think both can do well together if this was strictly the south park guys i would say they could not do this this is totally mm-hmm. crossing the line but with kendrick lamar 
on the on the with Kendrick Lamar on the project with them, and I'm sure this wasn't just their whole idea. Like it was a collective of the three. I would assume. Um, then I think that this is going to be fine. And I with South Park, they've crossed so many lines that at this point, it's kind of like it's always sunny. Nobody takes what they do seriously. Like they don't. When they're making fun of something, they're making fun of it in a way that's coming back on them rather than actually being mean-spirited or malicious in their content. So I don't think that this is crossing the line with Kendrick Lamar on the project with them. But if it was just Matt Stone and Trey Parker, then I would be like, ooh, nope, don't do this. Please, just leave it to go. Just stick with your cartoon cutouts. I think they learned a lot from doing Book of Mormon. Uh, and they teamed up with the guy from Avenue Q to do that to make sure that it landed right. What could have been a really mean-spirited musical ended up being a smash hit because of how sincere it was. And I think the old now that they're getting older, they're more on bigger projects. South Park, they can do whatever they want. And it's hit or miss lately. Uh, but with something like this, I think they're going to address it carefully. There's this common joke, common saying that it's hard to be a comedian nowadays because of PC culture. And the South Park guys are constantly showing, no, you can make non-PC jokes if you're smart about it and you're addressing the right target. And that's what George Carlin always taught. Um, not to talk about this, it's such a heavy topic, but George Carlin said, people say you can't make jokes about rape. He said, you can make jokes about the rapist because the rapist is the one that deserves it. So, and that's what something in South the, the South Park guys they they really they they you know idolize George Carlin so like you can do it so I'm I'm I'll, I'm always and I love those guys so I'm willing to give this a try oh yeah me too I didn't mean it to get so like uh, you know serious or whatever but I, I actually trust the South Park guys to be more sensible about a lot of things than a lot, most of Hollywood so uh, it could be funny if, if it's funny I'll be very much into it uh, last up we got uh, Jason Blum is it Bloom Bloom right. You guys know better than me. Blum. Blum. Blum like Plum. Oh, like I said the first time, Jason Blum, he wants <laughs> to make Freddy versus Jason. Wes Anderson is making a role doll adaptation about Henry Sugar. Who's more excited, you guys or me, guys? We are. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Because I just saw The French Dispatch, and I loved it. I thought it was okay. I didn't like the second story. I did. I really liked the, the one with one. Francis McDormand. The first one was my favorite. Yeah, same. Um... We, Drew, Drew, I'm going to speak on your behalf. We love Blumhouse. We trust them. They're not all good. They're not all good. <laughs> but, you know, you, we love Freddy and Jason. We love Freddy versus Jason. Now, he wants to make Freddy versus Jason, or he just wants to make more Freddy and Jason movies? It said Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be down for that. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Is it a continuation of the original, uh, you know, timeline? I don't know. Is it a multiverse thing? It, it depends. Okay. Well, clearly you're less excited because I am no holds barred about – no, it's okay. Uh, fun fact, the the guy who plays Jason or used to play Jason, I don't know. He follows us Kane. on Instagram. Kane Hodder. Not him, then. It's a new one. It's a different one. Derek Mears. It's like the third string <laughs> guy, I guess. <laughs> Ken Kersinger. I don't know. None of those ring a bell. <laughs> Turns out all three Jasons followed. In, in his bio, yeah, says, are you thinking of Jason Alexander? <laughs> that's it. Well, that's better anyway. Yeah, the guy who married Brittany, not the guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> he follows us. <laughs> that's probably Drew. You might be the only person on Earth who knows that guy's name. Good job. 
Because I know Brittany doesn't. Not my Brittany. <laughs> All right, let's recap the weekend. Uh, guys, Spidey was finally, finally dethroned by Ghostface as the latest screen movie slashed up $30 million. That is the third highest opener in its franchise of five movies. So, you know, like, I mean, it's great during a <laughs> pandemic in January. So we're going to go with it. Uh, Spidey does keep swinging, though, and netted another $20 million. It is now the fourth domestic highest-grossing film of all time. But like we discussed last week, it's over $55 million away from beating Avatar and becoming number three. It's not going to happen. Sing 2 dropped 31% despite being available on TVs across the nation and grabbed another $7.9 million. Uh, the three fifty five dropped 51%, and three fifty five two no, uh, it made $2.2 million. And then the King's Man had another solid drop. 31% hold, $2.2 million for King's Man. And then Bell <laughs> made less than we predicted in sixth place with $1.645 million. So, guys, the questions on everybody's minds, will we ever understand anime on the big screen? Only if Goku is involved, I think. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I or I, I do think it's a yeah. good like data point to have now. We know that even if it's in eighteen hundred theaters, if we don't know the property, then it doesn't really matter. So that's nice to see, and I and it's it's also good to see Kingsman holding on like this because uh, I, I think it proves what we've been saying in the past couple of weeks that the that like young male demographic seems to be the one that's going to the theaters the most right now, and I think that's going to continue for the near future. New releases. The first wide release we will be talking about is Redeeming Love. This is a PG-13 romantic period piece telling the true healing of unconditional love. I took that from the Wikipedia page, so don't at me. Uh, set in 1850 California Gold Rush era, Angel, played by Abigail Cohen, is a woman with a rough past who grew up being a prostitute, finds true love when she meets up with Michael, played by Tom Lewis. And the whole movie is about them pushing past their hardships and loving each other despite everyone not understanding. Yeah, it's that predictable. This was co-written and directed by DJ Caruso, who directed Disturbia, Triple X Return of Xander Cage, and Eagle Eye. So you know he knows his romantic comedies. <laughs> this movie is just over two hours and is a universal picture, so we'll be seeing this movie on Peacock in like two weeks or so. This is billed as a Christian Western romantic drama where this is the second collaboration between producers Cindy Bond and Simon Smart, who produced I Can Only Imagine Together. I've been to the theater a ton and have only seen a preview for this movie twice. This is barely getting any screen time on commercials or movie previews, and it's currently standing at an 11% after nine critics' reviews. So that means one fresh and the rest are rotten. Uh, when taking a look at comps, I one can look at I Can Only Imagine, since this is a Christian film and produced by the same people, and if you look at that movie, you'd be stoked at the 17 million in over 1,600 theaters, as this one's getting like 1,800 theaters. But I don't think using that film as a comp works... Ikoi is PG, is based around a pretty popular Christian rock band, and most importantly, isn't a period piece. Uh, this is also PG-13 for partial nudity, sexual content, and strong, violent content. That's what it says. So, yeah, I doubt it's going to get all the Christian people jazzed up to go sit in the theater. Uh, the aftermath and a 
Portrait of a Lady on Fire both came out in 2019, but they but neither cracked over 400 theaters in their entire run. I don't know the period piece isn't a huge like selling point for a lot of people. This isn't getting a lot of traction. So right now I have Redeeming Love coming in at a lowly 1.5 million dollars, but where do you guys have Redeeming Love? Um well, it, a few points in its favor. First of all, it's in it's from the same like pure flicks type studio i think they changed their name to pinnacle or something but that that does give you a little bit of hope and um it, it's the story of hosea the book of hosea in the bible so like uh it's not a huge bible story but it i guess is a fairly familiar one to a lot of christians uh but uh, god told uh this this guy to marry a prostitute and and you know kind of redeem her reputation kind of so to speak um and there was a third thing and the fact that i can't remember the third thing oh there it is a book uh francine rivers is a fairly well-known christian author wrote it so maybe that helps uh what what, how many theaters did you say it was 1800 2000 something like that 1800 yeah it's around 1800 yeah well i learned my lesson last week with bell (laughs) that that doesn't mean anything because i'm with drew i haven't i haven't seen or heard anything about this and i don't think anyone else has either i'm a little bit more optimistic and by that i mean like two two and a quarter (laughs) two and a half maybe uh, I don't. I don't think it's cracking. Definitely not going to beat Sing, but it could certainly crack the top five because it only needs like one and a half to crack the top five. We, so okay, so listeners, we have a group chat that the three of us talk all week on, and these two keep using RL, and that's always been a thing for us. Like ever since we played Fantasy Movie League, we would always abbreviate whatever movie we're talking about with just like initials. I kept having to remind myself what RL meant. That's how much awareness I have of this movie. Like, I, I, I know it's called Redeeming Love now, but I kept thinking it was called like The Redeemers or something. I'm like, what are they talking about? And I've also been really distracted this week, so that's also part of it. Therefore, when I apply that math, I have it coming in at about one point. Where are my notes here? Yeah, I have it at about one point eight. Which is surprisingly like above Drew, but below Hammy. I'm usually the, like the like the most hesitant to give extra money to people, but I have it at 1.8. I am fully ready to say, yeah, less. Okay, cool. Because again, I have no idea. I, I I haven't seen anything about this. I haven't seen any advertising. And is is this uh is this a religious weekend or anything? Uh, not that I know of. That's surprising. One point. Eight one. <laughs> I like how the person who kept calling it King's D in our chat is, is being upset about RL. So I would that was calling it the King's D was intentional. Okay, that was that was fun. No, I know it, it made me remember it more. It's the most anyone in America's remembered that movie in twenty years. There's you a segue, Drew. Yeah, speaking of the King's D, let's talk about his daughter as well. The King's Daughter is the next wide release coming out this weekend. This is a PG fantasy adventure movie starring Pierce Brosnan, Kaya Scaldelario, Julie Andrews, and Fan Bingbing. Her second movie of 2022 already. So get your bag, Fan Bingbing. This was directed by Sean McNamara, who directed Soul Surfer, the Even Stevens movie, Casper Meets Wendy, and the Bratz movie. (laughs) Now, The King's Daughter is based off of a book, so let me tell you of how this film came to be. This film is an adaptation of the 1997 novel, The Moon and the Sun. Development to turn the book into a movie started back in 1999, where it was first proposed to the Jim Henson Company. 
Originally, Christopher Renshaw was to direct the feature, someone who barely has a Rotten Tomatoes page, and was going to be adapted into a screenplay by Laura Harrington, who acted in The Devil's Advocate and What's Eating Gilbert Grape, but had no writing experiences on her resume. This all fell apart a year or two later when Sony cut ties with the Jim Henson Company and the movie was shelved until Bill Mechanic wanted to revive the production with Walt Disney Pictures in late 2001. Bill had plans to start pre-production in 2002 with Natalie Portman as the lead. He got James Shamus, James Shamus to revise the script. James, most notably written... James... <laughs> James most notably wrote... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Not Too Shabby. Well, one thing leads to another, and 12 years pass. In 2013, Sean McNamara signs to direct the film. After Sean signs, we see Pierce Brosnan, Fan Bingbing, and Bill Nye all come on to act in the feature. Filming started in 2014 with a release date in 2015. Everything is going well, right? Wrong. Just weeks before they were ready to film, Bill Nye pulls out, but they get William Hurt to fill in, and he's a pretty good actor, so the crisis diverted. No time really lost. The movie was filmed from April 2014 to May of 2014. So this is a movie filmed in 2014, coming out in 2022. Um, so later on, they decided to push back the release date indefinitely to do the VFX. And they wait until 2021, where they sign on Julie Andrews to be the narrator. And now we're getting it this weekend. I couldn't find any comps. This movie has a 47% audience score with 500-plus reviews already in and three reviews for the critics where two of the three are rotten. So I have no comps. I have this one coming in around 1.2, even though it's getting like 2,100 theaters. I have this coming in at 1.2 million. I think the most it can get is 2 million. But where do you all have this movie? Low. Uh, for 2,200 theaters, this is going to be like one of the – the the least good most bad ptas ever it's 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 definitely got a shot at going under a million i think uh, i have it a little above it about where you do drew but no one knows what this movie is or wants to see it or wants to make it or wants to be in it uh, <laughs> i i assume if you're in 2200 theaters somebody is going to stumble in just by accident and maybe enough people to get it over a million dollars but um aside from being a a, a kaya scotelario fan um, I could care less. It's, uh, what was the distribution company? Uh, Gravitas Ventures? Yeah, they finally got it in this past year. They got it. They, it changed distribution rights a couple of times. Yeah, Gravitas Ventures, if you don't know the name, neither does anybody else. It's highest grossing film is something <laughs> from last year, 2021, called Queen Bees. And its final domestic gross was $1.9 That was the final not just opening weekend or anything. And you're thinking, but geek, nobody heard of that movie with a bunch of no-name actors. The problem is the cast was Ellen Burstyn, Jimmy Kahn, and Margaret, Jane Curtin, and Christopher Lloyd. Are any of them Pierce Brosnan? No, n nobody is. That movie would have done really well in like 1968. It really would have. It also peaked at 600 theaters in its second weekend when it made 269K. So logically, we should quadruple that and it, it's still if you round about down 1.2 yeah, yeah yeah i have it not at that i have it at 950k <laughs> this weekend um yeah i'm aggressively the the lowest estimator on, on on the show so good luck pierce 
and Kaya. Alright, let's go into the party time. We're gonna start off with Redeeming Love. This is a period piece set back in the 1850s. I'll give you some clues to a movie and you have to tell me which movie set in the 1850s I'm talking about. Here we go. We have Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Zorro. Mask of Zorro. Zorro. The Mask of Zorro. Not The Mask of Zorro. The Re- sequel. The Legend of Zorro? It is The, the Legend Return- of Zorro. They, he, they, they did two Zorro movies. I know, but when I looked up on Wikipedia which movies came out in the 1850s, the, ma- the Mask of Zorro did not show up. So maybe it was in 1849, and then they reclaimed ah. everything in 1850. It was a leap year, too. (laughs) We have Cynthia Erebo and Leslie Odom Jr. Harriet? Yeah, Harriet. Yep, Harriet is correct. John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jake Gyllenhaal. What is it, the Sisters Brothers? It is the Sisters Brothers. Chewittle. Chewittle. What? 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing at that. I'm still laughing at Chewittle. Okay, go ahead. All right, Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder. Young Frankenstein. Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein at the same time. Alright, it is Blazing Saddles. Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio. Django. It is Django Unchained. Eddie Redmayne, Felicity Jones. Theory, no. No. 2019 movie. It went directly to Prime. It's about hot air balloons. Oh, that movie. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. The Theory of Hot Hot Air air Balloons. balloons. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's uh, Aeronauts. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember that at all. I watched it. It's actually pretty good. Pretty decent. All right. Now we're on to the next game. The lead character in Redeeming Love is Angel. I'll give you an angel from TV or movies, and you have to tell me where they are from. Angel Batista. Showtime show. Oh, that's from Dexter. It is Dexter. Angel Dumont Chouinard. The King's D. Not the King's D. Uh, Tick, tick, boom. It's related to tick, tick, boom. Rent. It is Rent. Angel oh, Salvador. Yeah. The king is V. <laughs> it's a hero. <laughs> Heroes? It's a hero. Like it's... the show Heroes. No, it's not. That's what, yeah, that... I didn't. I'm not saying hero, so you can say hero. I know. Put an no, extra we're guessing that. <laughs> we're guessing the show it. Heroes. Um, Shazam, I don't know. It's a group of students that can have superpowers. The X-Men? It is the X-Men. Uh, Angel Ortiz from a horror franchise. That's really uh, bad. I thought that it was had an a new MMA one. person. It had a new one come out this year. La Paranormal Activity. Or last year. The Purge. It has to do something don't, with... Uh, don't breathe. Zombies. The, the, the dead. The dead. The don't. Don't do the dead. It's not Army of the Dead. No, it's it has something to do with what you carry around. Uh, in Resident the Evil. Yes, it is Resident uh, Evil Afterlife. Uh, Angel Face. That's Fight Club. That is Fight Club. And then yeah. I have David Boranaz. Angel. It Love is Angel. Boranaz. Why can't you pronounce people's names? I don't watch <laughs> garbage TV like Angel. I watch Too Hot to Handle. All right, let's <laughs> Angel go. Angel was good. King's Daughter. Uh, what is Pierce Brosnan's highest grossing film? Uh, it's either... It's got to be a Bond film. Is it Miss Doubtfire? Is it Goldeneye? It is Mrs. Oh, Doubtfire at $219.2 million, But what is the highest Ooh. grossing Pierce Brosnan-led film? Goldeneye. It is not Goldeneye. 
Remington Steel the movie. Tomorrow never dies. Die never it, die another day. It is die another day with 160.2 really? million. Yes. What is Kaya's highest grossing film? Crawl. Is it the Maze Runner? It is not the Maze Runner, but that was close. What was she? In? Oh, was it? Was she in Pirates? She was in Pirates. Which one? The Stranger Tides. Stranger Tides. On Stranger Tides. No. The other one. Dead Man's Chest. The other uh, one. At De- World's End. Dead Men Tells No Tales. I'll get. Oh, the, that's, that's it. it. <sighs> All right. She only has four fresh movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Can you name them? Crawl. <laughs> Crawl is second with eighty-three percent. Maze Runner. Maze Runner is fourth with sixty-five percent. Maze Runner two. There is no Maze Runner 2. The next one is a book. A very well-known book about love, I guess. I tried to read this one, but it wasn't good. War and Uh, Peace. Is it a Nicholas Sparks book? No. It's uh, one done by the same person that did Little Women, I think? No. I don't think so. Oh, oh, is it like Sense and Sensibility? You talking about Jane Austen? No, not Jane Austen. Pride and Prejudice? No. It's not that one. So, wait. Bronte. What are you about? Mother, mothering, oh, <laughs> Mothering Heights, Jane Eyre? Yeah, Air? Mothering Heights, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Emily Bronte. Louisa May Alcott did Little Women, Drew. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know she did other... It's okay, yeah. you were in the right ball, but you, that was still a good hint. Guys, how many times do I have to tell you? I don't read, I watch garbage reality TV. <laughs> and, like, too hot to handle. Uh, you won't get his her first one, but uh, it's Moon at 90%. I don't know if that's, like, a documentary about the moon or whatever. That's the know. one no, with, that's uh, with Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Oh, I wish it was a documentary about the moon. Maybe I would know about it. Was, it was. It was. He just talked about the moon. Sam Rockwell did. It was actually really. Yeah. <laughs> and Kaya was just there in the booth with him. <laughs> yeah, she was running the, the lights. She played the moon. Yeah, she was like. <laughs> <laughs> what is Fan Bing Bing's second highest grossing film? She's in something that barely X Men X Days of Future Past. That's her first yeah. highest grossing film. That's her oh, number one. Second? What's her second? Oh, the one that just came out. Yeah, three fifty-five. 355, yeah. All right, I'll give you clues to a movie with King in the title, and you have to guess the movies. 1994. Three Kings? Animated. Lion King. Lion King, yes. 2003. Return of the King. Return of the King. Yeah. 2010. King's Speech? It is King's Speech. Nice. 2005. Jack Black. King Kong. King Mm. Kong. 1999. Wahlberg. Three Kings. Three Kings. That is Three Kings. 2014. Bale, Sigourney Weaver, and Aaron Paul. It's a book of the Bible. Is it animated? Oh, Kings and... Oh, yeah, Gods and Kings Kings. of Egypt or something. Yes, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Gosh, I haven't heard of that movie in forever. Uh, 2002, Dwayne Johnson. Scorpion King. Scorpion King. And 2000, Bernie Mac, Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey. Kings Kings of of Comedy. Comedy. The original Kings of Comedy. All right, final section. I'm going to give you two celebrities, and you have to tell me their famous daughter. Or I'll just give you a person, and you have to tell me their famous daughter. Uh, Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Dakota. Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. Jamie Lee. Lee Curtis. Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. Rumor? It is Rumor, yeah, Rumor Willis. Willis. Yeah. Leah Thompson. Zoe Deutsch. Yes. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yep. Goldie Hawn. Uh, uh, what's, what's her, her name? name? Kate Hudson. <laughs> Kate Hudson. That's it. <laughs> that one is Kate Hudson. Uh, Debbie Reynolds. Stella, what's her name? Leia. Carrie Princess Fisher. Leia. Yeah, her. All right, Carrie Fisher. Uh, b- b- 
Was her name Bijou or something? No, no, it's <laughs> it's not that different of a name. It's something. It's with a big Billy. I, we know Billy, who you're talking Billy's, about. Billy, Billy Squire. Billy, <laughs> Billy Piper. Billy Lord. It not is Piper. Billy Lord. But Lord. I wish it was Bijou yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> There's a Bijou Phillips. <laughs> Ron Howard. Bryce, Bryce Dallas. Dallas. John Voight. Angelina. Angelina. Julie. Rob Schneider. L King. It is L King and Eric Roberts. Uh, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. That's right. Party time over. All right. For community, uh, box office champs took a week off last week, but we are back at it. We're going to be playing. I actually have not set my lineup yet, so I've missed out on the 20% bonus. I got Spidey holding a 35%. Get off my spreadsheet. Get off my numbers. I see you moving around there, Hemi. I was just trying to follow where you were. <laughs> I got uh, Spidey holding 35% with 13.06 million. Scream holding 48%. I'm being a little bit more generous towards Scream because it's getting really positive fan reviews. Fans are really enjoying it, and I think Word of Mouth is going to help that out. So I have it holding 48%, 15.6 million this weekend. Sing 2, I guess being able to rent it doesn't matter. I got it at 33% at 5.3 million. Redeeming Love, 1.8 million. Like I said earlier, King's Man, 35%, 1.4 million. 355, 38%, 1.41 million. Uh, King's Man was 1.44. And King's Daughter, like I said earlier, 950K. Wouldn't be surprised if any of those are lower. Hammy, what do you got? What are you playing this weekend? I think Spidey takes the top spot back over, but I do think it'll be close. I have it 13.5 to 12.5 right now. That means Scream drops about 60%. A um, little hard to know because there's nothing really you know new out, uh, but horror doesn't usually, that kind of uh, you know uh, front-loaded movie doesn't usually hold super well. But 60 could be worse. I, I, I'm with Geek. I think there is some word of mouth to go for it. So maybe, maybe, maybe closer to 14, but I got it at 12.5. Spidey at 13.5. I got seeing it 5.5. It's really been trucking along. You know, like we said, kids' movies seem to be kind of impervious to, um, you know, pandemic stuff. Redeeming Love, I got at 2.15. Uh, I, I think it's going to be fourth by default just because the next highest one I have is King's Man at 1.5, and that's with a very small drop right there. So that's my top five. I have 355 at 1.35, and King's Daughter at a gentleman's 1.05. Um, I, too, have Spidey coming back in as the top spider with 13.8 million and then i have scream coming in at 13 million i do think it could hold and this is the best time to have it hold because there's nothing really big that's going to be trying to like in the competition for it uh sing 2 i have it at 5.4 million redeeming love i think i said it was like at 1.5 or 1.6 in my breakdown but i have it here at 1.75 i think it's not going to make more than that um, on the weekend, and Kingsman, I have it at 1.6. 355, I have it at 1.5. And the King's Daughter, I have it at 1.1 here. Um, I'm, I'm, Geek is like really pushing me to want to put it lower. I just don't think either one of these two movies coming out this weekend are going to do much. But then again, we said the same thing about 355 not too long ago. But then again, that has a way different demographic than these two movies coming out. So we, we put the over unders in our Discord and. And I was like, I'm going to put it at 1.25 and see, you know, it'll probably be more people going under, but I, th- I bet we'll get a few people. Nah, it was like t- 10 overs within five seconds, I mean, unders within five seconds. And Trevor and Trevor and I have a little bit of faith uh, in it. So 
I think everybody is there with us thinking it'll do horribly. Drew, what are you watching this weekend? This weekend, I'm going to go to watch Licorice Pizza on Friday. I'm very excited to watch this. Out of all the awards movies, hype movies, the predictable, uh, who's going to be put up for Best Picture, this is the last one I have to watch. Um, So I'm very excited to go watch that. I love Paul Thomas Anderson movies uh, for the most part. Uh, I don't like Inherent Vice. And uh, Too Hot to Handle just dropped on Netflix this week. Uh, Actually, today on recording this. Uh, So I'm going to be looking out for that. I'm going to be watching that. That's such garbage television, and it's right up my alley. I didn't like the first two seasons, but maybe I'll like the second season because there's nothing else to watch. Are you getting paid by them? I am not getting paid by them. But if I make a video, maybe I'll get some money. There you go. Uh, I'm going to watch... Last Night in Soho, because it's finally available to rent where you don't have to buy it for $20. Uh, Edgar Wright, hoping it's a little bit better than a lot of people have said, because I like Edward, Edgar Wright. And then I also want to see Red Rocket. It's an A24 movie that it's like a, a dramedy, I guess, maybe more of a comedy. Uh, a lot of people have it like on their top 10 list this year. It has Simon Rex, who I only remember from like Scary Movie 3. <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, let's let's see how he does. We're going to watch The Power of the Dog on Netflix because I didn't realize it was on Netflix. So as soon as we saw it being highlighted, they're like, hey, so we're going to watch that. And we've been watching Peacemaker, which is so much fun. It is so much fun. We also just started watching, finally, The Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. True, have you watched that? I have not, but I think I watched the first episode at one point and then I just stopped watching it for some reason. I love it. It's it's cracking me up. And I'm like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, who wrote this? And I looked it up. I forget the gentleman's name who's the showrunner. He writes most of it. But he was the showrunner and creator of Better Off Ted. Remember that show? Uh, yeah. yeah. Better Off Ted was that... like the second Arrested Development that never quite got off the ground. Right. Yeah. It was, it was very. And of course, you know, Portia de Rossi's in it too, which mm-hmm. kind of has that carryover. But yeah. That's I always compared it to Arrested Development, and when I found it, I'm like no wonder, because like the dialogue just is so snappy in Santa Clarita Diet. So we started watching that, and we're loving it. So we're gonna eat way too that. healthy to watch that show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, Hammy, how can everybody contact us? You can follow us on Twitter at Box Office Party, and follow us on Instagram at Box Office Party, where we're doing a bracket of the best A twenty four movie. Even though Geek's really mad that I. I left off Swiss Army Man because I was doing the top 16 highest grossing and Swiss Army Man was like 18th. Anyway, we're in the second round of that. We did earlier have a former Disney Channel star bracket in Zendaya. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an upset. She was the four seed because it was based on who had the most Instagram followers. She knocked off uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Selena Gomez in route to the title. Uh, I was very sad because I love Selena, but I guess Zendaya is, you know, pretty popular right now it's hard to hard to say no there uh make sure you follow us uh make sure you're you're liked and reviewed and all that good stuff um on uh spotify and apple podcast and anywhere you can listen to podcasts make you know leave a rating uh drop a like a follow a click anything helps us you know helps us out make sure you tell a friend if you're enjoying it i saw some people post in the um in one of the discord channels and the other discord channels that was really nice i really appreciate that you know spread the word we we our, our numbers are up over the last couple of weeks which is really good to see uh on our end and it's really encouraging and, and we hope to see it grow because uh, we're having a lot of fun 
yeah, follow us on Facebook, follow us everywhere. And yeah, like Hammy said, tell your friends and please write reviews for us. Reviews help us get noticed more. Uh, we're going to start growing more and more and more. You can follow me on Twitter at GeekBoxOffice. And I'm at Drew Angelman on all social media. Reminder, all of our box office research is done on thenumbers.com. That's the-numbers.com. Thenumbers.com, where data and the movie business meet. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you at the movies. the holiday on netflix right now no. party time over hated that movie <laughs> isn't there a second one or no you that was a joke that you made a terrible mean a joke. terrible joke okay yeah. good <laughs> man i hated that movie so much every time i see eric roberts i go eric <laughs> I, I do that every time i every time i hear the name eric i do that just to be very clear Fighty's on, has got it going on. 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 Peter, can I come over after school? After school. I just wanna admire your spidey suit, spidey suit. When does your Aunt May finish up her shift? Finish up her shift. If she's stranded, I could always give her a lift. Give her a lift. No, I'm not the geeky friend that I used to be. I've been working out, let me be your uncle, please. Spidey's on, he's got it going on. To be clear, it's the Tommy Holland one. Peter, can't you see? I've been king since homecoming. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Spidey's on. Spidey's on, he's got it going on. Spidey's on, he's got it going on. Peter, do you remember in senior year, senior year? Your aunt whispered a secret in my ear, my lucky left ear. I could tell she liked me, it was in the air, in the air. She barely protested when I smelled her hair. And I know that you think that it's just a fantasy But Uncle Ben is dead and now it's time she's been with me Spidey's aunt has got it going on To be clear, it's the Tommy Holland one Peter, can't you see? I've been keen since homecoming I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Spidey's aunt
Spidey's aunt, she's got it going on. Can't be clear enough that it's not the Toby one. Oh, Peter, can't you see that your aunt's the one for me? I know it might be wrong. But I'm in love with Spidey's aunt. Oh, oh. Spidey's aunt. Oh, oh. Peter, can't you see that your aunt's the one for me? I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Spidey.